you can enhance your child's focus, motivation, and attitude towards their homeschooling experience absolutely without breaking the bank. Welcome to Epic Mom Life. I am your host, Kara Peterson. This show is sponsored by The Possum's Tale, a unique book adventure for your 6 to 12 year old child. Let's jump into today's show. Home Sweet Homeschool, setting up your homeschool space. We're going to prepare the homeschool classroom and for this upcoming year, and it's going to be exciting, but it's also critical. In order to provide a productive learning environment, you're just going to want to spend some time pre-planning what that homeschool space will look like. You can enhance your child's focus, motivation, and attitude towards their homeschooling experience absolutely without breaking the bank. You're going to look at your wallet because there are going to be a lot of amazing learning materials available for you to buy. Let's see if you can spend money on those and not all of your money on the remodel at your home for your homeschool space. Number one, evaluate the space you have. It's important to create a consistent location for your homeschooling space. Ideally, the area will be brightly lit and the distractions will be minimal. Where a lot of people differ in homeschooling is if that homeschool classroom should be shut away like its own room or if it can be out in the open. So this would be in my mind and my thought pattern. I like my children to be away from distractions. However, I want them to be close to where their normal traffic pattern is. My children seem to hang out in the kitchen and I know they will be headed to the bathroom. They will also be spending time outside during breaks. It is going to be a lot easier to get them to come back to learning if they never went far to begin with. I don't want my younger son, especially, to have a whole lot of time and distance to distract him between the learning and the bathroom or the learning and the outside, etc. For me, this means no closed off room. Our extra room spaces are not conducive to those needs. I do, however, have a dining room which would be an excellent option because the table is already there. And I also have a space between the boys' rooms which we call a playroom. The playroom is lacking in any furniture but it has a wraparound cork board where I could display work. So that's another thing. So what I'm doing in my head that I want you to do is I'm evaluating my spaces and I'm seeing what I can use so that I don't have to buy. An advantage of having a shut room for a homeschool space is that you can have all of those materials, charts, maps, wall hangings, etc. And they can all be up and it looks like it belongs. All of those things don't really look like they belong in my dining room. My dining room not only has the table but it has a direct door to the outside and we have so we can have natural light and natural airflow. We don't have that in the other room. Evaluate your spaces like I did. Think about them carefully. What are the pros? What are the cons? One of the biggest pros will be which one already has or is prepared for the furniture and the supplies. Number two, furniture and supplies. You have chosen your homeschool space. So now we get to fill it, and I'm using that in quotes because you don't want to fill fill, with furniture and supplies that are going to encourage learning. 
your children need a large flat space to create, write, and learn upon. They also need chairs to sit at while they use the space. I have seen homeschool rooms where people have spent the big bucks and bought vintage desks. Oh my gosh, these homeschool rooms, you can find them on Pinterest and stuff, they're gorgeous. Yeah, I'm one of those people who won't pay for a designer purse because I want the money that I would have paid to go into the purse to be some money that I can actually put in the purse, if you see what I mean. I feel the same way about the desks. I have also seen many a homeschool classroom that uses those Costco tables and folding chairs. The children learn really well in both rooms. Furniture pieces to hold supplies. You're gonna need a furniture piece to hold your supplies. So going back to my dining room, I actually also have a buffet hutch in there. I have some china in it, but not a lot. I can easily rehome that china to somewhere else in the house, and I can use that hutch for learning supplies. So, zero to spend on the table, zero to spend on the chairs, and zero for the furniture that will hold the supplies. Win, 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 win. You're gonna need a bookshelf. Not a large one. This is not going to be where you hold all of the tombs of everything that your child has ever loved. This is just one of those little, I don't know, maybe three feet wide or whatever by like three feet or four feet, four by three kind of thing. It's probably just a two shelf. The problem that I do see with a lot of these smaller shelves is that they're not deep enough because you're going to want to be able to um, get those uh, three ring binders in there because a lot of your curriculum or curricula come in those three ring binders and those aren't very deep. A fabulous sheet to this, you can work your whole way around this, is you know those cube storage containers, you know, they're like super chic where you can get them and some of them have cubes and some of them are empty and they'll put like a, a stainless steel giraffe in one and then they'll have a, a drawer in another that's basket weave or something. I don't know, designers do all kinds of things. Just get the shelf, or just get the actual shelves, not the drawers. And those make great cheap bookshelves. They're low to the ground and they're deep so you can store your curriculum binders in them. I happen to already have one of those in my playroom. So I, I store all my recipe books in there because I do a lot of recipe books in three ring binders. But I can also rehome that one to my dining room. And again, zero money spent. Although that does mean I have to find a new home for my recipe books. I like recipes. An in-out basket. Okay, I love this. I had no idea how much I needed this until I had it. And I actually never even intended to get this. I just wanted a bench where I could sit my keister down and take my shoes on and off right by the garage door in like the mud room. I found a really pretty one that you assemble yourself for like 39 bucks at Big Lots. But under it, it had two of those woven baskets. So I didn't want the baskets, but I thought I've got to be able to use them for something, right? So I used them as a in the house, out of the house. And honestly, out of the house is so useful that they both of the drawers kind of became out of the house because the in the house. If I start storing stuff that comes in the house in those baskets, I just forget. 
But if you're really good about it and the system would work, one could be an in and one could be an out. So what I do is I put books that I've borrowed from friends or we have a local honey place and we wash the jars and then we take the jars back so all my honey jars go in there or books that go to the library or anything that I need to take somewhere, I stick in my go out baskets. So I periodically look in there or if I have something that needs to go to say UPS or whatever, they all fit in those little baskets. I love my going out baskets. My in and out container is super handy and for homeschooling that would be great because when you have kids that are done with their library books or you know you borrow curriculum from other people or whatever having those outdoor in out baskets can be super duper handy as an aside another cheat that i found that's super great is if you have a multi-level house if you have a nice basket and again i just got this nice woven basket that has handles on it and i put it right by my stairs i put all my stuff that has to go up the stairs at the bottom and so I carry it up the stairs and then I just do it in one shot so I don't go up and down and up and down and up and down the stairs. I'm always looking for a cheat. Okay, it brings us to number three. Create a daily schedule. This step gets a lot of mixed reviews. Many people think the whole reason I am homeschooling is for the flexibility. Yeah, I get it. The thing is, children thrive on consistency. How many homeschool conventions have you been to? Uh, homeschool conventions are critical and I will have the link for my article on that in the notes as well. If you haven't been, go. It's fabulous. You're going to meet people that have answers to your questions. You're going to answer questions for other people. You're going to hear guest speakers. It's just amazing. But one of the most common topics I see at almost every single one is Classroom management in your homeschool classroom. When your child knows how things work and exactly what they're expected to do, they are less likely to resist. It only makes sense. Let's just say you have a meeting at work and you hate meetings. How excited would you be to go to this meeting if you had no idea how long it lasted? Usually, you have a beginning and an end time, right? And when you get there or even before you're given an agenda no surprises well we all want an end in sight when we have to learn something or do something we don't particularly want to do your kids are the exact same way just as a note to every single mom out there hello we made it through childbirth it's because we knew there was a fabulous end in sight a daily schedule does not necessarily mean Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 is language arts, 9.15 to 10 is math, 10.30 to 11.15 is social studies, etc. That is not what it means. You could have a different schedule each day. Just always have Mondays be Monday. Schedule and Tuesdays will always look like Tuesdays. I love flexibility. I would probably do what I call core classes because I love blocks. And I would do those earlier in the day, and then I'd leave two hours in the afternoon every single day, and I'd call it creation time. And that would be the child creating something, but what that would be would differ. So that could be they might be writing, they might be working on a project, they might be doing an Egyptian sculpture. I don't know. They might be making mathematical spreadsheets, but it would be two hours creation time and then the blocks in the morning. That's how I would do it. But it would always be in the same place. They'd always be in their homeschool environment. And it would always be same days. And there may be days where we have 
going out times. Like Fridays may always be days where we're, we're not in the classroom, we're gone. But they always know. And I think that that is critical. Next week, I'm giving you a homeschooling step-by-step -step guide, a practical planner, where I'm going to walk you through exactly how to do a yearly guide. And I do this because, for me, it's also really important to have an idea of your curriculum. Not because I think you need to know curriculum, per se, but you need to know goals because you want to know what your child is learning for that year because otherwise what do you know for what you should teach now again that's a different thought some homeschoolers are just like we just go wherever the interest goes and that is the way they want to do that I think that some things actually need to be taught and if you don't think about them ahead of time it's easy to overlook so I will go into showing how to customize that and make that work for you next week Four technology I don't want it to seem like I'm forgetting a computer station. I'm not necessarily. I just don't want a separate station because I think technology is integrated into our lives. So I think it should be integrated into the education. That's my philosophy. So if you are able to have laptops or tablets, have those integrated into the work study space. I wouldn't have a separate station for the computers. If you have a desktop and that's what you have available, then you'll just have to do that in your office area wherever you have that. Obviously, you're gonna have to make sure that if it's in the same place as creation time, there's no glue and glitter and all the fun stuff where they were doing their creations. Five, learning materials. Oh my gosh, we've created the basic needs and your homeschool space, your furniture, your supplies, and the schedule, and now we get to the exciting part. This is where most people skip straight to. They totally skip all of the other stuff. And they go straight to the homeschool convention and they lay down all of their money and they're like, yay, this is gonna be the answer to all of our prayers and it's gonna be so much fun and we're gonna homeschool. I think the other stuff is really critical in laying the foundation, but I have to admit the learning materials are a lot of fun. I do say you should be prepared before you go to a homeschool convention because everything looks like so much fun and it looks like the answer to everything. You will possibly buy too much and spend too much money. I do have a freebie for you. It's in the notes and it's four easy steps to writing without ever picking up a pencil. So. What are some learning, writing supplies, not necessarily just writing, but the learning materials that you need that you wouldn't even think of because you're going straight to curriculum that you should absolutely have? A whiteboard. I love magnetic whiteboards because I like to hang stuff. Invariably, you're putting something up. If you're putting the whiteboard up anyway, it might as well serve a dual purpose. However, if you're trying to save money, what you can do is you can go to your um, home improvement store and I can't remember the name of the material but they have a material that is a whiteboard material and the people there are usually super super nice and you just tell them your dimensions and they'll cut it for you and a lot of times they can just put it to the belt sander and smooth the edges they did this for me in my classroom I got 12 by 12 squares I got 30 of them for the classroom that was like I don't know 28 years ago or something but I still have four of them. They're not clean. They don't clean super, super well, but I've had them for over 30 years. <laughs> so I would definitely, if you're trying to save money, go that route. Also, you can 
just hang stuff on the walls, you know, the whole tack, nail, glue, or not glue, tape kind of method. I mentioned the corkboard all around my room in the playroom. That's not necessarily corkboard. It's this weird material that almost looks like drywall, but it's not, that you can put thumbtacks in. And I just painted it the exact same color as my walls, only a high sheen. So you have matte, then you have sheen. That's all I did. And I hung it. And we actually just took those down three or four weeks ago. Those stayed up for 15 years. And I held, they held my kids' artwork for all of that time. So every time my kids would do masterpieces, they'd put them up there and they'd say what they were, their title and everything. So there's a lot of ways you can DIY that. And I got those at the home improvement store. Number six, you're going to embellish it and make it your own. Your homeschool space is going to affect everyone. So everyone should have input in how it is decorated and how it flows. A family project can get everyone off screens. I'll have a reference to that article. And encourage some family good times and bonding and create a sense of ownership for all of the children who are going to be using this as their homeschool classroom. So some people really get caught up in what a traditional classroom has and what they feel they should have. For example, I have seen many homeschool rooms that have alphabets. We started home learning when my youngest was in third grade. He already knew his alphabet and he was still enrolled in public school. We were just adding and augmenting his learning at home. So I was not planning on teaching cursive either. No alphabet was needed. What my son did need was those dreaded multiplication tables. I also bought a game for learning them. My older son was learning Spanish. So for fun and reference, I bought a flat world map and I just colored all the countries that spoke Spanish. I, I wanted him to see the benefit of learning another language, but what I'm saying is your homeschool classroom is going to have the things that are gonna be beneficial to wherever your kids are at and what they're learning, and there's no rules, right? It can be whatever you need it to be, and that's just okay. Just be thinking of what your children need, what are your learning and teaching goals, and what will work in your classroom space. Creating a homeschool classroom may seem overwhelming at first, but take it step by step. Like I went through those steps, and it can be a ton of fun. You can create a comfortable and very functional learning environment for your child. And in the end, it can be really easy and budget friendly. Home Sweet Homeschool is all about creating space that works for your family's unique needs and learning styles. The quote this week is, throwing yourself into a worthwhile, fruitful, hard work that you believe in as much as you can handle and more is a kind of luxury not everyone gets to experience. Benjamin Me in We Bought a Zoo. If you are hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode. And for that, I want to send you a huge thank you. Please leave me a comment or review and share with other moms you know. Get in touch in the comments or on Kara's social media networks. See you next week for a new episode.